Millennials, Generation Z, you're tuning into The Penny Pitching Proprietor. My safe space where I make you uncomfortable with some of your life decisions. But don't worry, I roast myself a lot too. I'm going to start off with a little story. There was a man. His name was Hunter. Hunter wasn't an academically gifted student. He wasn't an overachiever in school. And he was considerably introverted and quiet. Ironically, he was highly intelligent, diagnostic, and analytically minded, if you will. What he really enjoyed doing was working on old cars with his dad. He loved getting his hands dirty, finding new and innovative ways to fix the issues under the hood. When he grew up, he decided to get a job as an automotive technician. About um, five or six years into his trade, he was still making $16 an hour. His boss was toxic, made him do multiple recalls a week. He was always left out of the loop for management changes and was severely undervalued due to his introvertness and quiet nature. Though he was the most skilled mechanic, years went by and he was never able to buy a house. He couldn't save for one. He watched some of his, uh, some of his managers drove their brand new trucks and he, um, he studied online to find the company had millionaires in upper management even. Hunter figured he could do one of two things. Inquire about a management position or seek a higher paying job or do side work on his own. Every night when he went home, he turned on the TV to watch reruns of How It's Made, ordered pizza, and drank a six-pack. He didn't work out. He didn't eat healthy. He didn't go on dates. All he did was the same thing every single night. 15 years went by and he found out that his liver was shot after a trip to the doctors. He was now drowning in medical bills and unable to work full time due to his health issues. So I would tell you the end of this story but I don't wish to ruin your day. Instead, I'll tell you how you can avoid a life like this. Speak up. Know your worth. Ask for that management position. Leave that dead-end job. Go to this, the interview that you stayed up late to, re- to study and rehearse for. Do that side gig in your spare time. Open your eyes and realize that the go-getters in life are not your crutch. You are your crutch. Capitalism isn't about exploitation, guys. It's about choice. Free will, you know? You have a choice to be that worker in a dead-end job. You have a choice to have a voice and to make better decisions. You have a choice to waste your time. And you have a choice to be a better steward of your money. So, I mean, whose fault is it? Must be capitalism, right? I'll let you decide. 
Oh, capitalism, you monstrous economic injustice. Oh, please. How dare you? How dare you, capitalism, expose the evils of free will? Natural selection at its finest. Am I saying that capitalism is perfect? No. There needs to be boundaries. You can be too much of something and too little of something else, so everything is about balance. Remember that. And if you're going to come at me with the argument that capitalism creates the exploitation of workers and students, don't even try. Don't go there because we are not a capitalist country in its entirety. Capitalism, by definition, in its entirety. There are way too many regulations and rules for us to be just a free-reign capitalist country. So if you decide to go and enroll in some bogus school and earn some useless degree and get yourself $160,000 in debt and then you can't find a job and you realize that your degree is worth nothing, please do not blame capitalism. Blame yourself for your lack of research skills. So, how do you leave a dead-end job? Do you just wake up one day, go to work, start pantsing everyone, flip your boss the bird? No, no. You have to do this strategically. First of all, many people who are stuck in a dead-end job tend to be nesters, right? Meaning they're afraid of change, basically. So... I would start by taking small baby steps. You know, call around to your your field's competitors, right? Your company's competitors. Ask them what they're willing to pay for experience. Ask them if they have a higher position currently open. Does your field not pay very good? Maybe look into a trade school. You know, what statistically pays the best? With little schooling. Trade school is a really good option for that. But you have to be really careful with this. Because some trade schools offer bogus degrees. You have to be really careful and do your research into your field. Like like I said, I mean, capitalism isn't perfect. You, You still can get scammed. Very legally, you can get scammed. You just have to be really aware of what you're getting yourself into. You don't want to, you know, go to go to trade school for um, something ridiculous like computer technology or internet technology or something ridiculous, right? I mean, you want something that is going to pay a high salary and... Is it going to take a very long time? Is it going to be very expensive? Trade schools are fine as long as your degree is worth something. And there's an actual demand in the field. A couple examples would be um, an, an electrician, a dental hygienist, a plumber. Um, you know, things like that. Those are things that there's a demand in those, in those fields. It pays well. You have to be, you have to have the certificate to do it. So 
really do your research. You have to get online and research. There are a lot of really good statistical blogs and articles out there that that you'll learn everything you need to, to learn. Just be smart when it comes to your degree. Um, community colleges are really, really cheap options. The average tuition and fees for a year at a public two-year college is what, like $3,500? Maybe $4,000 for a two-year degree? An average uh, price for a four-year college degree would be like $10,000. Yeah, you're not going to some fancy school, but that doesn't mean that you can't find a job. That means that you can't, you won't be able to compete with people that went to those fancy colleges. I'll give you an example here. Um, I, for many years, worked in accounting, okay? And I don't have a two-year degree, a four-year degree. I don't have a degree in accounting. But I kid you not, I was getting, I was getting those jobs. I was getting jobs. I was getting the positions over people with degrees because I had experience. Experience is the main thing an employer is looking for. That is just their number one qualification, also because they can pay you less. They know that they can pay you less if you don't have that degree, but if you have experience. So they usually take people over experience with degrees. It's just how the world works, unfortunately. And I had a lot of people tell me, that's not fair that you're getting those degrees. I've had, you know, been in the office and told them, because they would ask me, uh, what school did you go to? Yeah, I didn't go to school. And, you know, they would look a certain way at me, you know. Because, you know, there they are in student loan debt. And they're the receptionist, right? And, I mean, yeah, I know that how that sounds. But, I mean, it's just true. And I actually got my foot in the door by working as a temp, you know. I learned how to do accounting. I learned online how to use Excel, how to do accounting, how to do the payables, the receivables, the payroll. I learned how to do it on YouTube and watching tutorials and whatnot. So it was definitely, you know, it took time. I didn't just walk in one time and I was like, hey, I want to be an accountant. Can you hire me? No. I took tests. I had to take the prove it test. If anyone has ever worked at a temp agency, they know they would have to take the tests to see if you're intelligent and if you're equipped with, uh, you know, the computer programs. So I did that. I worked as a temp. I would have to fill in for people. And I did that for many years. And then eventually I, w I was confident enough to go in and say, hey, you know, I this looks like a great position. I have experience in accounting, working for various companies and different kinds of fields. And I think I would be a great um, asset to your team. You know, I have experience in this. I worked as a temp for many years. And, you know, all of the other applicants had four, you know, two years degrees, four year degrees. However, they had zero work experience and they were fresh out of college. But I was getting the jobs over them. Um. 
I worked for a great corporation in the accounting field. I had 401k, healthcare. I made, you know, $22 an hour and I did not have a degree. And I had yearly raises. I mean, it was great. Now now I have kids, so I work from home and I do stuff at home now, but I'm just I'm just giving you an example here of how you don't necessarily need to have that degree. You don't need to go to that fancy college. What you need is experience and you need to have persuasion and you need to know how to ace an interview, really. Let's talk a little bit about opportunity. Everything in life is opportunity. Every decision, every hope, every dream, you have to have opportunity. Without opportunity, there is no hope for your future. There is no planning. Opportunity to me would be one of the first stepping stones in success. You have to have that opportunity to be able to achieve success. But the thing about opportunity is it doesn't just show up at your door. It doesn't just appear out of nowhere. A lot of the times, you yes, you cannot create opportunity. Sometimes you can create opportunity if you have the drive and you have the skill. But a lot of the time, it's knocking on the door of opportunity. It's finding the right house and the right door to knock on. So how do you do that? Research. Without research, I would have never got where I am today. I would have never achieved the things that I have achieved today without research. Research is everything. Get on the internet and research your field. Research the ins and outs of your fields. The median pay. The highest paid salaries. These days you can't afford to just be like, oh man, I really want to be a philosopher. I want to be a philosopher for the rest of my life. Let's do that. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to rack up like $100,000 in student loan debt to be a philosopher. I don't need to research it. Who cares? I don't care what it pays. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's pointless, right? No. No. You're going to have a rude awakening. You're going to find out pretty soon that your philosophy in life isn't to starve to death. That's not very philosophical, which is pretty ironic. Don't be a starving artist either. You have to look at everything in life mathematically and logically. And starving to death and being homeless with a philosophy degree is not worth it. And guess what? The government is not going to take care of you. It's not. You can cry and you can whine, but the government is not going to take care of you. This is a ruthless world. And maybe you're lucky and you have some parents that will, you know, get scoop you up and help you out and be there for you in your hard times. But the cold reality of life is... 
you pretty much just get one shot. Don't screw it up. I mean, I'm not saying that God can't get you out. God's the only one that can, but just avoid these issues and get a career that is worth something, that has opportunity, that gives you hope for your future. You have to be wise. If you get on Craigslist, if you get on any career or job-seeking site, and you see that in your field, in some of the positions, it says entry-level pay, that is a good sign. That means that you chose correctly. But if you see that there's always a set rate for the position, for the job that you chose, the field that you chose, and it doesn't budge, you should be worried. Seriously. So let's go back a little bit and talk a little bit more about finance. So if you're interested in getting into finance, into that field, first of all, I'll tell you, you don't have to be good at math. You have a computer systems to do all of that for you. All you have to do is be computer savvy, pretty much. You start off as a data entry clerk. That's the level, the entry level position, usually. Sometimes you can get into receivables and payables if you can pass the test and you have some work experience elsewhere doing anything. But usually you start off as a data technician. And that pretty much just entails punching in numbers. Extremely easy. Just data entry. You know, taking something from a piece of paper and inputting it into the computer. I mean, you do not need a college degree for that, people. You don't. You just need to ace the interview and say, I can take a typing test. I'm a quick typer. I can get the job done. Do you know how much room for advancement you will have if you get into pretty much any company? Of course, you're always going to want to ask in the interview, is there room for growth? And there is, of course. So then you move up and then eventually you can get you can get pretty high up. You, you might not be a certified public accountant, but you can certainly be paying for school. Without getting into debt, without getting into student loan debt, if you had a good job like that. But let's talk about another field that I think you'll be interested in. Let's talk about engineering. Engineers are probably the, they get paid the most of anyone starting off. They get top pay. Engineering is an excellent field to begin your opportunity in because the opportunities are endless. So according to the U.S. labor statistics, engineers have a median annual wage of $90,000. And usually that's starting off. And it just goes up and up and up and up and up. And it's getting better and better. Over the next dec over the next decade, I'm pretty sure it's gonna double. 
because the growth is just amazing. So some of the subdivisions in this field would be civil engineering, um, biomedical engineering, computer engineering, and you can go up and up and up from there. Aerospace engineering, electrical power, marine engineering, chemical engineering. There's so many different subdivisions and opportunities. So, I mean, if you're looking for a degree that actually means something, look into engineering. Don't let it scare you. Don't let your the, your gender scare you off. Anybody could do this if they put their mind to it. I mean, unless you have a severe learning disability. I mean, why why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you going after what pays the most? Like, forget the, the philosophy degree. Try out engineering. Okay, let's look at another field. Maybe you're more of like a hands-on kind of person. Maybe you are more interested in construction sort of positions. What about a plumber? Plumbers make excellent money. You can make up to $70,000 a year being a plumber or more. Depending on where you live, of course. But, I mean, what do you really need to to become a plumber? Do you need some four-year degree? Is it going to put you into massive amounts of student debt, student loan debt? Not really. It's like an apprentice program. There is no student loan debt. You get paid to learn. And then you become a journeyman. But, of course, apprenticeship is how you start off. But you you work for a union. You just have to have a certain amount of hours of technical education. And maybe, you know, maybe have to do a little bit of math, physics, a little bit of chemistry, not much. I mean, it really just depends. But it's mainly just safety training and then you're, you know, doing your apprenticeship. But you get paid for that. You you only need a license if you work independently. But that's probably how you'll make the most money. I'm just saying, look, all I'm saying is you don't have to be an expert to get online and research the numbers. You don't have to be an expert to have common sense and realize that you need to have a field that makes money. 